What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play, episode number Joe Newendike 25. Uh, Joe Newendike put together a very respectable 564 goals and 562 assists in his career. He won the Stanley Cup three times with three different franchises, first with the Calgary Flames, then with the Dallas Stars, and finally with the New Jersey Devils. As always, it is me, your boy, Brian, joined by Adam and Matt. How are we doing, gentlemen? Yellow. I'm good. How you boys been doing? Happy Tuesday. Yellow. Actually, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Yes. Uh, Get I it together, in, uh, fish. I was in flow rider, so uh, oh, don't don't judge. That's why my face is burnt. Would you get? To, well, you know. didn't put on the sunscreen. I did how, put how? on the sunscreen. It's Florida. What do you want? <laughs> More sunscreen. You're gonna burn. Right? Like I look at my Irish skin. Okay, you can you can cake me in all the sunscreen you want. I'm gonna burn. It's gonna Great. happen. I mean, I, I looked at with that Irish problem. I just tan. I hate you. Well, join the club. <laughs> I'm already in the club, Adam. We meet on Fridays, okay? It's true. <laughs> Actually, we meet on Tuesdays when we record. Welcome to the oh. Adam podcast. <laughs> it's actually nice an intervention. To meet you. Yes, it's actually an intervention for your problems. <laughs> you know, when we were... A while. When we were in Florida, we, we messed up. So me, my girlfriend, and my buddy, uh, we flew down, the three of us together, a little bit later than some other friends who went down first. So they got the groceries. We asked them to get a sunscreen. The three of us are very, very fair-skinned Irish. And <laughs> we get down there, there's one bottle of sunscreen. It's like, oh, hold on. Don't let Italians buy your sunscreen because they don't get it. Okay, they don't burn. <laughs> they just tan. They don't understand what's going on. Okay, I'm just so, happy Irish and Italians can get along. You know, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes it happens. I mean, maybe not <laughs> within the confines of Philadelphia County, but you know, outside, it happens. <laughs> All right. So enough about me burning. Um, let's get into, <laughs> let's get into the hockey that has occurred. And boy, were we so wrong so so bad <laughs> and we will get into that but uh i am looking at the bracket currently and we're gonna go left down to right down like we do here in america when we read um so we're gonna start with <laughs> so we're gonna start with st louis colorado series the avalanche win that series in uh four pretty aggressive fashion yeah, yeah uh four, four. nothing um, some news coming out of that series is the Nazem Kadri hit to the head of Justin Falk suspended eight games for that hit. Uh, and he will be appealing it. And that hearing is going to happen tomorrow. Well, today, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, but that appeal will be happening tomorrow. Um, do you think that the eight games was deserved? And if so, or if not, why or why not? And if you don't think so, how many games do you think it should be, uh, if any, if, if you think it should be suspension worthy? I'm going to I'm go to Matt here first. Did you see the hit, Matt? I did see the hit. Yeah. And it's just kind of – you just expect Nazem Kadri to make that sort of hit in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, he's not, not afraid to hit time. people. No, he's not afraid um, to hit people. You know, it's kind of hard to say whether it was justifiable or not this punishment because – of all the other uh, times we've been talking about George Paris and the NHL uh, PA. So I think it was, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're targeting one of their best defensemen. And it's just not good, not good at all. So uh, Definitely I've, not also, a good look, I've yeah. also never really liked Nazem Kadri. I've just always expected him to do stuff like this. So, um, Interesting. yeah, I, I'm you thinking glad. that eight games is good or, I mean, it's, it's fair. It's fair because they're trying to, I mean, they made, they made it look pretty easy with St. Louis. I don't know if, uh, Vegas is good. If that's the team they're going to face or Vegas or Minnesota, that's the two teams will face. I don't know if it'll be that easy against them. So I think so because. It takes 16 to win it, and they're down to 12, so. True, true. Um, they did win that series in very demanding fashion. Um, 
I mean, they outscored St. Louis by just leaps and bounds, scoring a total of 20 goals, where St. Louis scored a total of seven. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, pain on the inside for me. Pain on the inside. Uh, Adam, anyways, how do, how do you view this? Do you like the eight-game suspension? Do you not like it? Uh, do you think they came down a little bit too hard on something like this? Or I think it's pretty fair. I feel like the only argument you can make is like, you know, like Fish said, there's been a lot of questionable calls coming out of the uh, Department of Player Safety as of late. So, I mean, you could say like, oh, maybe this is a little overshot. I feel like it's definitely a suspension where the offense eight games might have been a little much. And I could see an appeal taking it down to maybe four or five. But I, I think it's a pretty fair enough call. Yeah, um, I agree with the suspension. I do. It was a very dangerous hit uh, from Nazem Kadri, um, especially in open ice like that, just like laying to someone's head with your shoulder. No. Um, it's, it's another thing when it's like on the boards and maybe it's like a bit questionable, but in open ice when you're – you see the guy, you know what you're putting your shoulder, you see his head's down. Um, however, I feel – I do feel like eight games is a bit much. Um I get that the uh, Department of Player Safety has kind of been under fire, like s- literally since the Tom Wilson scenario. They've just been under fire for every decision they've made at this point. Uh, but I feel like a like a, a five or six game suspension would have done uh, because an eight game suspension, depending on how well they do in their next series, could take them out of one and a half series in the playoffs, you know? Um, but maybe that's exactly what the NHL – Department of Player Safety is trying to do. They are trying to make make it known that they're not going to stand for something like this. So I I agree with is the suspension, he, but is he considered a repeat offender or no? Have they mentioned? Um, let me see the article. Uh, it doesn't say anything about him being a repeat offender. Um, because I mean that would make sense as to why. The number of games was so high. If he was, it there. is. It is the third time that he has been suspended in a postseason. Uh, when he was playing for the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs, he was suspended three games for boarding uh, Tommy Wingles of the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he was also suspended uh, for the remainder of the 2019 first round for cross-checking Boston forward Jake DeBrusque, sure. um, and that was uh, in Game Two in 2019. So 2018-2019, two years in a row of being suspended in the playoffs for what seems like head contact with body checking. So maybe it's because it's the playoffs and it's his third playoff suspension. They're like, all right, we got to, we got to reel you in here. Um, But yeah, it was a nasty hit. Uh, If you haven't seen it, you can find it on Twitter, Google, YouTube, wherever you want to find those Uh, moving forward. We have the Vegas, Minnesota series right now. Vegas leads that series three, two, uh, they play tonight, which mm-hmm. is uh, Wednesday when we're recording. And if it goes to game seven, they will play on Friday. What are you guys getting out of this series? I thought that, you know, Minnesota might be a little down and out after going down 3-1, but they fought back in game five to win 4-2. Um, I think we all picked. Did we all pick Vegas? I think we all. We did. We did. We all picked I was looking Vegas. at it last night. How are we feeling about that now, gentlemen? How do we how do we see this going? Because mm-hmm. Kirill the Thrill showed up in game five. He was like, you want to know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to just do it myself. Um, so what are you guys seeing here out of this series? You want to go, Adam? I'll take it. Um, I feel like Vegas is finding themselves once again in a situation where their offense is starting to dry up a little bit. They looked really good in – the regular season started to look good the first couple games of the postseason, and now for whatever reason their offense just can't get going i don't know exactly what the problem is but this seems to be like a consistent problem they seem to have either they outscore the opposing team and then things dry up because you know they're taking their foot off the pedal or they just can't get going out of the gate and they're scrambling to catch up like another team i root for <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But that's kind of where I feel like we're at right now. I feel like how this game goes tonight might determine how the series plays out. If they win tonight, obviously, I think they're on the up and up. 
Um, if they lose tonight's game, I think it's going to be a chess match and a, a hard fought game seven that honestly, I'm kind of getting 2019 feels when the Sharks went on that run. Yeah. Um, total agreement there. Um, it, it's like game one, they just could not put a puck in the net. And then game two, three, four, they scored three, five, and four goals each. And it was like, okay, it's, it's Vegas. They're probably going to win this in game five and uh, we're going to move on. And then in game five, it was the same, it was the same scenario. They just seemed like they could not put the puck in the net. So I don't know if this is like uh, two separate one-offs in one series, or if this is going to be an ongoing issue, but yeah, Minnesota, they are very good at taking advantage of your mistakes and your mishaps and they'll keep doing it. Should Flurry get the night off tonight. I mean, only thing is, is that it's an elimination game. I feel like if you were going to give Flurry a night off, it might have been in game three or four. Um, well, when you kind of, yeah. I mean, this is kind of not for nothing. I feel like this is a game you could kind of, for for I guess a pun, put all your chips out on the table, go all, all in, and say, Flurry, take the night off. Leonard, get in there and let's close the series out because. If I want anyone in net for game seven, I want a fully rested Marc-Andre Fleury in net mm-hmm. game seven. Yeah. Um, so, like, like I f- I said that when I saw them lose the other night. I think it might be the time to give Fleury a, a game break. I think there definitely is a time for it. I don't know if it's now, but if you're asking me what would be surprised if I saw Robin Leonard in game six, I would not be. Uh, because you're right, in game seven, if it gets there, there's one goaltender you're going to want in that situation, and that's a fully rested Mark Andre Fleury playing out of his mind. Uh, Matt, what are you seeing out of this series? I, I'm still confident with my pick. I think I had Vegas. I think I had him in six games, right? Five or six. Um, so I, I think will, they're going to uh, close out tonight. Yeah, I, I think they're going to close out tonight. All right, I like that. I like that. I can get down with that. Um, da, 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 da. let's see what. How, how much longer is a uh, Pacioretty out for? Because I feel like that's another determining factor for them. Uh, Matt, you had Vegas in five, five, yeah. Um, and Adam, you had Vegas I think I had in, in six, seven. Oh, and I had Vegas in six. Uh, so we're, actually, we're Adam and I up. might be correct if things go well tonight for us. But, that might uh, be the only series we call correctly. It might be. Um, Adam, <laughs> what were you saying there? I was asking how long is uh, Pacioretty out for? All right, let's take a gander. Because I know he's out, and I feel like that Mark Stone-Pacioretty combo is a deadly combo that if Vegas can have that for the rest of the playoffs, I don't think they're losing the cup this year. Uh, Vegas has been pretty tight-lipped about the Pacioretty injury. However, they did mm. say today that he has been skating on his own, according to head coach Pete DeBoer. Um, but they're remaining time. pretty pretty tight on how, like, when we should expect him. He does remain out in tonight's lineup. Uh, but you're right. That line is is vicious. Um, they're Especially in, an, that line. in yeah. an overtime situation. like That's who you want, yeah. The, the two or three games I was able to catch with Vegas, the minute that game went to overtime, it was the Pacioretty stone show. It was absurd. The game would end no sooner would the puck drop in overtime. Yeah, that was that was that was nuts. Yes, agreed. Um, but they're still they don't have a, they have never reported a timetable for when he'll return. But he is skating by himself today. So if they make it to the second round, I would say that's when you should probably expect Pacioretty back in the fold. Um, but I don't think you're going to see him for the rest of this Minnesota series, if that's what you were asking. Pretty much where I was going. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving forward, we do have North Division action in the playoffs, finally. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> um, let's let's start with the first series before we get into the nitty-gritty out of the North Division. We have uh, Toronto and Montreal. That series currently uh, sitting at Montreal, uh, not Montreal. <laughs> it says Maple Leafs. I got confused. Uh, Toronto leading three, one in that series, uh, winning games, um, two, three, and four in a row. Uh, I don't, I, after game one, I was like, Oh shit. Is Montreal going to be annoying? Uh, and then Toronto was like, no, 
no, we, we got this. Thanks, though. Holding them to two goals in three games, uh, in games two, three, and four, while scoring uh, 11 of their own. So do you think Toronto closes out the series tomorrow? I guess uh, for those listening tonight uh, on Thursday. Uh, or do you think this goes to a game six? I, I think they close out tomorrow. They look pretty comfy. Um, you know, Carey Price led in three goals last last night. Looked a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, think they I think they close it. Uh huh. And and like I think we said this when we did our playoff preview. It, it Montreal's success is literally constantly hindering on which Carey Price is going to be in net. Whether it's going to be the Carey Price that look shaky or is it going to be carry price that can't seem to miss a save uh matt you have toronto in five adam you have toronto in four and i also had toronto in four so we didn't get that the sweep after game that one unfortunately game one that stupid game one but matt you're on the chopping block on uh, on thursday my man you might get a one correct out of this um adam what do you what are you seeing out of this series i mean i haven't seen Anything buck wild about this series? Uh, honestly, I only got to catch game one out of this one. Um, but I haven't really seen haven't like anything season. exponential other than Toronto being Toronto and just absolutely blowing the doors uh, off. I mean, this team it, uh, playoff carry price has arrived. Like, I don't think there's any question in that regard. I feel like any blame on how this series turns out for Montreal shouldn't be placed on carry price. I feel like he's done just about everything he's can and has for the most part kind of come back into form. Um, but I think it's more the team in front of him. Uh, I was, I was trying to see if I could find like any of the stats or, or um, like um, uh, benchmarks for uh, the last couple of games. Cause I think I saw something where like Alex Galchenyuk has more points in the series than Montreal's big hitters like Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, uh, and a couple others. Um, so I think that's a testament to what Montreal's problem is right now and not what Carey Price shows up. Yeah. I think the Carey Price we expect to see has arrived for the playoffs. It's the rest of Montreal that seems to have, uh, again, just like Vegas, their offense just seemingly dried up and Toronto's bulldozing all over them yeah um montreal's offense is struggling to show up they scored two in game one and they haven't uh touched two since then scoring one in game two one in game three and none in game four uh in comparison to the total of 12 goals scored by toronto in four games uh so yeah i mean we remember montreal from last playoffs making to the second round uh based off their speed and ability to put the puck in the net uh, now their speed is matched by this Toronto lineup and they can't put the puck in the net. So this is with a tough matchup for Montreal in the first place. Um, but I, I guess they, sh- they scratched out a win in game one. So that's like good for you. Uh, but Matt, I agree with you. I think this Toronto team just puts the last uh, nail in the coffin uh, tomorrow for game five on Thursday and just uh, walks into the second round to face. The Winnipeg Jets, for whatever reason. Ah! Uh, why? 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 Okay, so the Oilers get swept by the Winnipeg Jets, and Matt and I are sitting here wondering why we slept on this team so aggressively. Um, they were able to sweep a relatively dominant Edmonton Oilers, especially you know during the regular season. Um, they Winnipeg scored a grand total of uh 14 yeah 14 goals uh to Edmonton's eight in the series so not too big of a goal differential issue but man what happened to Edmonton's defense got what exposed was that they did get they, exposed they have defense well at least they had some form they, I mean there was no defense in the North Division this year at all they, but they had four offensive players and maybe one defenseman if they're lucky. Yeah. Kind of. And that's pretty much how that team was structured. And it's what it it looked like. Goaltending kind of. Yeah. I mean, Winnipeg came into the series, which was looking like the aggressive underdog. I mean, even, even in our picks, uh, Matt had uh, Edmonton in six 
Uh, Adam had Edmonton in five and I had Edmonton in six. Um, we expected some fight out of Winnipeg. Don't get me wrong. They're a solid team, but we were like, it should just be a shoe in for Edmonton to make it, make it into the second round. And Holy hell. Were we wrong, Adam, since you have GM would this team and I'm, I'm not quite sold on if you're not currently jamming this team. I'm still a little bit sus. Okay. About this. Uh, but what, what, what have you seen that Winnipeg was able to smother the Oilers dominant forwards? I think it's exactly how you put it. Winnipeg was able to smother McDavid. McDavid could not get anything going. Anytime he had any open ice, there was two to three Winnipeg players on top of him. He had nowhere to go. Um, and when you have a team built around a pairing like McDavid and Dreisaitl, it's kind of hard to get any other offense going because those are your two go-to guys and the other team knows it. Mm-hmm. But when you compound, you know, guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl getting boxed out, um, I don't know if it was this series in particular, but I remember somebody on one of the broadcasts talking about on the power play wanting to cut the ice in half. You want to keep your players or you want to keep the offensive players, the team on the power play on one side of the ice, hey. move things. Hey, name drop. Um, you want to keep the offensive team on one half of the ice so they can't get the puck moving as much. You kind of box them in and then eventually get the puck out. And I feel like a lot of that is what ended up happening for Edmonton as far as, you know, Winnipeg boxing them out and just not getting anything going. And then from there, Edmonton, I think, just slept on Winnipeg. Yeah, I think we all slept on Winnipeg. And, and Adam, you're absolutely right, um, especially on a penalty kill, but also in regular five-on-five play. You want to keep the offensive team to the one side of the ice. As hard as that may seem, it can be done with your defensive structure. Um, and that's exactly what Winnipeg did. Where McDavid and Dreisaitl exceed is when McDavid is able to reach top speeds and Dreisaitl is able to be on the opposite side of the ice. That is when their passing comes into play and they're very, very soft-handed, quick-handed, and incredible passers, especially to each other. Uh, so what Winnipeg did was like, we're just going to not let McDavid hit top speed and we're going to prevent them from being able to use both halves of the offensive zone. And they did it to almost perfection for the entire series. I think the only game they struggled to do that in was probably in game three uh, when it went to overtime 4-4. Uh, it seemed like they, they were struggling to keep kind of them boxed in like they were able to do in games one and two when, you know, they held them to one goal in two games. Um, but, it, I mean, it's a four-game sweep from the Jets. I just did not see that coming. Uh, Matt, what are, what are you seeing out of this out of this incredible Jets performance? Oh, well, I think it's safe. I think it's good to look back on one of the big moves they made this season, which was obviously the big move of trading Patrick Laine to Columbus for Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, this team has relied on Mark Shifley to be their goal scorer. He's put he's been able to put the puck in the back of the net at an unreal rate to start that series. Uh, and they're just real they're a real puck heavy team with a good mix of Run gunner, gunners, speed gunners that can, you know, hit a breakout. And, and of course, they got Connor Hellenbuck, who's shown he could be that difference-making goaltender. Yeah, no. So I, we slept on Winnipeg we, Jets. We slept. We slept hard. And they're showing that they are a cup contender. Uh, yeah, the, absolutely. Um, yeah, Connor Hellenbuck, my goodness. Um he looked great in games one and two, like absolutely lights out uh, games three and four, a little bit less. Uh, you could, you could argue that the Winnipeg defense in front of him wasn't as stout as it was in games one and two, but they still got the wins both in overtime back to back. So damn, were we wrong about that Winnipeg series? All right. Moving to the East where we do have one series decided, but we'll talk about that second. We have the current series going on between the Penguins and the Islanders the Islanders currently up 3-2. Uh, by the way, I decided before the playoffs, I am on the Islanders train. Um, I, have, I have taken my, my, uh, my talents to the island, if you will. You're soft. <laughs> You're so soft. 
Why? Because I can't support a team in the playoffs because mine's not in it. What's like? What's the fun? Soft. Just enjoy the. Just enjoy the trains rolling. Don't hop on one. Oh, you always gotta hop on a wagon. Come on. Uh. Hop on, Adam. You hopped on wagons. Come on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You hop on a wagon in the playoffs. Listen, I think I've got one. I think I've got one body part on about like six different wagons right now. So yeah, he's getting pulled in like multiple directions on these wagons. I've at least been holding on to one. I, I might hop on the Winnipeg bandwagon at this point. But uh, yeah, so I this series is tight. It is tight. Uh, yes, the Islanders are up three two, but this is uh, back and forth. A series literally Islanders lead one nothing series tied Penguins lead two one series tied Islanders win three two I personally I think it goes to seven it's a very tight contest of high scoring offenses uh you have uh the Islanders uh scoring four five uh nine 13 16 17 17 goals in total um as the series has gone on and you have Pittsburgh scoring uh, 5, 10, 11, 13, 13. So <laughs> it is tight, even tight and even tighter is the game going on currently, which uh, the listener, you will know the outcome tomorrow, but right now it's one, one, um, two, two, actually two, two. Sorry. I didn't get the, uh, didn't get the update Two two. Uh, so this is, I would argue one of the tightest series in the playoffs um with two very closely contested teams um so matt what do you who do you think comes out of this one and do you do you have any like major reasons why that team will come out of it uh just to remind you you had uh pittsburgh in seven yeah i was going to mention i have pittsburgh in seven um if they win tonight i still think that's the case because pittsburgh's a really good home team um i really I really hate the Penguins. I'd love to see them lose tonight. Love to see them lose. Um, but if they win tonight, they're going to win. I think they're going to win the series. So, hate saying it. I th- I, I expected a uh, Pittsburgh-Washington uh, second round. But uh, as the next series we'll talk about, that wasn't the case. Uh, yeah, we will get to that. Uh, I do have to mention, though, uh, Matt, the Penguins haven't won at home in this series. Uh, they're actually uh, 0 and uh, 3 at home. I was say, I feel like they've been trading wins the last couple of games. Yeah, their uh, their two wins came in the island, uh, 2 1 in game two and 5 4 in game three. Uh, well, let's see what happens, baby. Yeah, I mean, hey, if, if, if the Islanders win tonight, I could see it happening. Uh, however, I do think it goes back we'll to see. Pittsburgh for a game seven. And I think the Islanders come out on top if it does go back to Pittsburgh because they they play confidently on the road and they have all year long. Uh, Adam, what are you seeing out of this? I'm not that surprised that it's this tight. I'm, I expected uh, Pittsburgh's offense, uh, the Sidney Crosby show, really to kind of dom- dominate or not dominate, but, you know, make their presence felt. And then the Islanders, I feel like, are – slowly trending in the right direction uh, to becoming a legitimate cup contender. I still feel like they're a team almost like the Winnipeg Jets that people kind of sleep on because they don't have, or people don't see the talent that's on there outside of uh, Matthew Barzell. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I think there's something there. I don't think the Islanders win the cup, but I definitely think that they're going to skate by pun, uh, pun intended uh, in the series. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I don't see whoever ends up winning this series. I don't see them uh, winning the Stanley Cup either. Uh, However, like I said, I see it going to a game seven and I see uh, the Islanders winning in Pittsburgh because they've just played. It seems like they're playing so much more confidently on the road than they are at home, Um, which I mean, they've done pretty much for most of the year. I don't know what their home road split was, but I know that they were pretty impressive on the road. Um, So I could see the Islanders winning it in Pittsburgh. Uh, Adam, you and I have the Islanders in seven actually too. So we all had this series going to seven. So we kind of, depending on how tonight goes, we kind of had that in the, in the cards that this was going to be a tight one. And boy, has it been, uh, to move forward to the next series in the East that has been decided with the Boston Bruins winning that series four one over the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Capitals only getting a win in game one, uh, in Boston and overtime, um, 
man, the, the Washington looked flat this entire series. They just did not have any momentum, even after that overtime game one win. Um, Adam, what what do you what do you think about that? Was it just Boston overpowering, or do you think Washington just really didn't have it? A little bit of both, honestly. I think Washington's at a point now where they're not a young team. They're kind of they're kind of like a Pittsburgh in the sense that like they've got you know the core group that they keep together, and then they just kind of plug pieces in wherever they can fit them, and then hope that a result pans out. It's just Pittsburgh's better at plugging those holes than I think Washington is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you compound that with the goaltending that, you know, it, it's, I think Ovi's reaction to the goaltending kind of sums up how, you know, Washington's goaltending is right now. The loss of Brayden Holpe was a bigger hole to fill than many people might've thought given, you know, how well he did in Vancouver. But again, I, I think it's just kind of, we're at a point now where I think the Capitals are at a crossroads as to whether or not they want to go all in for one more season or slowly start a quote unquote rebuild retool. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will talk about that once we get through the, uh, the playoffs here, uh, Matt, what do you, what did you see out of that? Um, it, it, you could, you could really argue either way, whether it was Boston just dominating or it was just that Washington couldn't get the key goals when they needed them, especially in game two and three, which both went to overtime. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be a quick series. I obviously picked the wrong team because I had the cap- Capitals in five. Um, it was a big overtime win in game one for the Washington. And game two, they were leading in the third period. And they found a way to take a dumb penalty that tied the game. And then uh, proceedly, that's when Marshan scored his OT game-winning goal mm-hmm. in game two. And in game three, they found a way to lose too. And taking another dumb penalty in the third period and giving up the lead. Uh, and they just – a lot of it had to deal with the trade, the moves both teams made at the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, uh, Washington picked up Anthony Mantha uh, with uh, likes of Michael Roffel, and I think they got one other player. Um, mm-hmm. And Boston picked up Taylor Hall. I think they picked up another small piece, but it was a real deciding factor of what's going to change from the teams because Boston Boston looked like a one-line team most of this year, and they in this playoffs they look like a real different team. A lot of that has to deal with Taylor Hall, uh, really liking it in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and, look uh, much deeper than they did during the regular season. And the Capitals, they didn't have much speed to begin with. And Anthony Mantha, when he came here, came there, excuse me, just kind of looked like the only piece that really had speed. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Washington really Tuka, disappointed. And plus, Tuka Rass looks like a – looks hungry. Yeah, Tuka Rask, like I think, is he's just doing Tuka Rask things. Uh, the only one to get that series right was Adam, but he had it going in seven. Uh, we yeah, all had that series Adam. going in seven. I'm I'm still kind of surprised. I did. Well, you I had did. Washington in five. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised it went in five. I thought this was going to be uh, a tighter series than the Pittsburgh-New uh, York one, uh, but we were wrong. And uh, that that is going to probably be a reoccurring theme as, as the yeah. playoffs go on. Uh, we got the last division to talk about. We have the, what is this, the Central? The Central. Central. Uh, we have the Carolina-Nashville series right now sitting at Carolina leading 3-2. Okay, Nashville getting two wins out of the series, bringing it to game six. That kind of came as a surprise to me, um, especially when they were able to sneak out that OT win in game four. and Well, at game three and game four, they showed up in OT twice. Uh, not the third time in game five when they lost in uh, uh, single overtime. But, hey, games that go to double OT, look out for those Preds, baby, okay? Um, but, hey, uh, Adam or um, Matt, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing there with Nashville? It's not anything that we expected by any means. To Yeah, I didn't expect it. it. I had uh, – I think I had Carolina in six. So that might – Carolina in five. Five, okay, yeah, so that's, that was wrong. Um, Nashville's really – 
uh, a prime example of a team that had to fight for their playoff lives for about a month left in a regular season. Um, so they've been in playoff mode for a while. Uh, that, that doesn't really kind of shy the fact that Carol, uh, Carolina just does look like the better team when they have the puck on their stick. But mm-hmm. you, you got to give uh, credit to um, got to give credit to uh, Nashville for putting up a good fight in this playoff series. Yeah, I mean, you can't discredit momentum, and that's what Nashville had going into the playoffs. And you're right. It's basically like they've been playing the playoffs for a month now for this team. They've been in that mentality. So, obviously, it's been helpful uh, with their ability to – yeah, they look like the worst team, sure, but with their ability to not be the worst team in this series. I mean, they are down 3-2, but it's not like they're getting – overrun by any means you have three games going into overtime two of them going into double overtime uh adam what what are you seeing out of this series uh i feel like you could argue that this might be the best series the playoffs have going right now with it's really fun to watch (laughs) i've enjoyed excuse me i've only been able to watch a couple of the games like towards like the end of them but i've enjoyed just about every single second of watching these games it's just such a good series um and the only other series I think could match it is the other one that we're about to talk about. But I, I honestly, I get the sense that this might be Carolina's year or they're on the cusp of something really special right now. They've got a great team behind them. Everything is clicking. Nadelkovich, um, you know, Winnipeg uh, people's GM fan favorite. Can't um, confirm. I uh, There's just something here that I, I'm just loving. And I think... Carolina is going to go pretty far. Would you say that you're Mick loving it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Would I said it. Yeah. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, we got the last series to talk about here between the Panthers and the Lightning. The Lightning currently lead the series 3 uh, 2 with game six uh, tonight, looks like. Yes. Uh, so a little bit before we finish recording, that game will start. Um, Wow, this one is also so fun to watch, this series. Uh, Very back and forth, very tit for tat in this one. Um, Matt, you have this going Tampa in seven. Adam, you have Tampa in six. And I have Florida in seven. And I am sticking to that pick, damn it. That's Uh, a fair pick. I really like Florida in this series. And I know they're down, but they have looked really good against a very formidable Tampa Bay team. Uh, Adam, what are you seeing out of this one? I honestly think that, and I'm coming for me, this might be a shock given how I've talked about players like Carter Hart, Shesterkin, Georgiev. I honestly think Spencer Knight changes the series. There's, for whatever reason, I was thinking about it all day. Completely agree. Yeah. There's something about Spencer Knight that I don't get that same feeling I got about Carter Hart and Shesterkin, Georgiev, even Sorokin. I, I get the, the same kind of like gut feeling. Like I feel like there's a lot of hype put on these guys. I honestly feel like Spencer Knight is living up to that hype. And I think that he's going to do something special in this playoff and probably for the Florida Panthers right now. I, I think he honestly, if they can squeak out a win tonight, I think he steals them this series. I agree. I think the goaltending decision came at a, at a good time in the series uh, in game. What was that game three? They made the decision. I think. Uh, I think it was actually last game. game okay, five. so it was for game five. Um, I think so. Yeah, so they were able to win in game three going into OT, winning 6-5, but then they got just demolished in game four, 6-2. Uh, and then Spencer Knight gets his start, and they win 4-1. So I could agree with you, especially if they're able to win tonight and 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 get that to a game seven. I think my pick looks pretty good um, in that case. Uh, Matt, what are you seeing out of this? Do you Do you still favor Tampa in this one? My favorite Tampa, I think they're going to close out tonight. I think the Spencer hype, Spencer Knight hype is a little bit uh, – I, I think he'll be a good player, but to say he's going to be the difference maker against guys like Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and uh, all, the, all the power – Victor Hedman, all the powerhouses the defending Stanley Cup champs have, I think they're going to close out tonight, so – I think Tampa is going to win it in six. Allow me to present you with a stat, Mr. Fisher. 
Oh, boy. Ooh, oh a one game. You're about, you're about to get statted. You're I'm just about to get statted. Elliot Friedman. And I mean, any other team, I would agree with you. A one game stat doesn't mean much, but you just touted that offensive core that is really good. But Spencer Knight let in one goal and then stopped 36 shots afterwards. So he faced 37 and stopped 36 against a stacked offense that Tampa has. I agree with you. It's a one game stat. But for a rookie goaltender to almost blank the defending Stanley Cup champions, there's there's something there. I got to agree with Adam here. I think there's there's got to be something there. Uh, if it is hype, sure, I get it. But, man, that is hard to do against that offense, uh, give up one goal, especially on over 30 shots. Um, because, uh, Matt, they, they do exactly what you, what you would want them to do. They wait for the quality shot, and they take it, and usually it hits for this Tampa Bay team. Uh, but those quality shots were turned away by that rookie. So I still stick with the Panthers in this one. Adam, are you thinking you're sticking with the lightning here? I'm going to stick with the lightning, but I I could honestly see Florida pulling out an upset. Yeah. Yeah. I am in complete agreement there. I am. Uh, All righty. After all that playoff action, we do still have some outside of the playoff news as Wayne Gretzky has stepped down from his position in Edmonton uh, in their front office uh, to be a part of the TNT NHL coverage team moving forward. Uh, he signs a $3 million per season deal. I don't know how many years it is. Anyone Three. That? Three years, uh, $3 million per season. And uh, on, uh, on Twitter, when, they, uh, when TNT announced this, uh, Wayne Gretzky responded by saying, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, so that's, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, what do you guys think about this? Do you think, you think Gretzky's going to be cool in the booth? Uh, what do you think he's going to do in the booth? He's going to be uh play by play color, uh, on the ice. What do you think we're going to see from the great one? I think he picked a weird time to make this announcement. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. The Edmonton just got swept in four in a playoff series that they were like, heavily favored in. Man, not even Gretzky wants to stay here. What the hell is going no, on? No, no. We'll talk about that um, after this. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. I have a sneaking suspicion he might be like, um, like what Andrew Shaw is for NBCSN, the kind of like intermission breakdown guy. I I could maybe see him do color, but I, I don't know if I could actually see him doing color. Yeah, I don't know because I've never like heard his chops or anything like that when it comes to this. Um, because he could be like a Tony Romo type where he's just incredible at it, you know? Um, if this man predicts plays. He could. This, he definitely if this, could. If this man predicts plays like Tony Romo does, I might lose my mind. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I kind of have him in a color role uh, more than a intermission role, but I could absolutely see an intermission breakdown analyst because he'd probably be incredible at that, being able to break down what's going on the ice. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the decision to leave Edmonton at, at, at this point in their their team history? I think, I mean, I think he wants to try something he hasn't tried yet. I think he's going to be a, uh, a intermission report desk, desk personality with like, I think he's going to be right next to Keith Jones, Jonesy. So it's going to be the great. He's going to be the great one and the greater one standing right next to, to each other. It's just going to be a whole lot of great. Can I ask which is which? Oh, Jonesy's the greater one. Is he, though? Is He's Jonesy good. the greater one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we saw his career in Philadelphia. It was good, but, like, <laughs> it, wasn't good. it wasn't good. It wasn't great. Can TNT throw all the money at um... – I need that advertising stint. I need that. I need the great one and the greater one to be That's part great. of the advertising for that. That's tremendous. Like Please, can TNT, for everything holy. Can TNT throw, throw all the money at Doc Emmerich so we, we can get him back and just call a game with Wayne Gretzky? Oh, that would be incredible. Just one yeah. game. Get, send him back for one game. That's all I need. Just bring him in for the playoffs. Just bring him in for the playoffs. Yeah, we don't need him for the regular season. That's fine. We're okay, we're okay with that. But, like, man, Doc and the great one? He doesn't want it anymore. No, I know. Doc's. I I don't blame him. He's Doc also deserves his retirement. Let's be honest here. Doc deserves what what he's done. I could just. I still miss him though. Still very much miss Doc. I'm 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 waiting for you know 
those great moments from this year's playoffs without it. I'm like, it's not the same. It's just not. It really isn't the same. Uh, but speaking out of, there. <laughs> but speaking of people leaving Edmonton, oh, there man. is a lot of buzz on is Connor McDavid going to stay in Edmonton or is he going to request a trade? Um, I don't know the clauses in his contract, Adam. I don't know if you have that pulled up. I can pull it up for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know the specifics in his contract, but if the, if the wire is saying he could request a trade, I'm assuming there's not a no move clause. Um, he currently will not have a no move clause until the 2022, 23 season. So So this is the off season to do it. Hypothetically speaking, uh, Edmonton could decide they want to be batshit crazy and just trade him away. Uh, well, they did trade away the great one, so we've seen weirder things. True. But, However, like, if you're Connor McDavid, are you requesting a trade? And then I'll get into if you're Edmonton, what would you do then? But, but Matt, if you're Connor McDavid... Are you seeing what's happening in Edmonton and going, I can't stand it here anymore. I got to get out before this no move clause comes into effect. Well, that's on his part, not on Edmonton's part. Yeah, yeah. it's a good, it's a good question. I think he, he's going to stay for how great him and Dreisaitl have been. I think they're going to try and make it work and then piece together pieces around them. But I was listening to the morning show and, Al Morgani was talking about Conor McDavid. He's like, "Wait, you're, well, you're 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 telling you're telling me that that Italian nutbag and Angelo Al Vitaldi Morgan. actually no, he, actually Angel- let Morgani talk about hockey? Angelo's been on vacation for like a week and a half. Oh, that's why yeah. I don't listen to that show yeah. anymore because I hate him. Um, so that's why Al got to talk about hockey. Good for him. So, and he's like, it's probably best if he just." pulls a Gretzky and just marries a hot actress and moves to LA. Right on, but, uh, right on, right on. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he, I think he's going to stay in Edmonton for at least, at least two or three more years. Okay. Okay. Uh, Adam, what do you, what do you think? If you're Connor McDavid, I, are you pulling the plug? I mean, McDavid has already gone out on record since they've been eliminated and said that he thinks all the buzz about him requesting to trade, looking to leave is kind of, uh, not as this isn't a direct quote for lack of a better way without me having to dig for the exact quote. Um, he thinks it's a little outlandish and he he's expressed interest in staying and making things work. And I think if I'm him, I would probably do the same, but not for much longer. I mean, yeah. There's it's, only so much of this you can take. As I'm liking, I'm liking the talks. Maybe not so much about bringing Mike Smith back, but I mean they're looking to buy out Koskinen and expressed interest in maybe trying to get Corpus Allo again. Not again, but bring him in and yeah. bring Corpus Allo in, which is a good start. Um, I just like Fish said, we need to or they need rather to get more offensive pieces for. Just the overall team. They need a deeper lineup, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, they're kind of there. I think uh, Yamamoto is a a sleeper for some people right now. I think he's going to be a good playmaker, maybe a good goal scorer for them. Um, But I think if you pair him up with Dreisaitl and McDavid as a power play unit, maybe not as a full-time top line, I think there's danger there. And then you can get goaltending and a better defense behind you it's a scary team. Like they're, they're, they're on the cusp of something. They just can't put all those puzzle pieces together. right now. Yeah. And I agree with the both of you because of that, because I do think they're on the cusp of something. Um, remember we watched Tampa Bay get swept in the first round by Columbus uh, a couple of years ago. And then last year they turned around and, and won the, the Stanley cup with this same core. Um, so if I'm Connor McDavid, I am going to stay However, I'm going to use my power of being Ginger Jesus and start making some demands. I'm going to be like, you have to do these things if you want me to stay at all. Be if, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron it, honestly. Because you you have that power as Connor McDavid on that team to start making demands, and I think now is the time, especially after what happened in these playoffs, because that's ridiculous. There's no way they should be getting swept in the first round. 
um, when you have Dreisaitl and and Connor McDavid, you should not be getting swept in the first round. You just need a deeper forward core, better defense, and an absolutely must, must, must prioritize getting a goaltender. You have to. That is a must. You've got to prioritize that because if you have a good goaltender behind that, you're going to win some games that maybe Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can't win because you have the goaltender. So I think it's about time he starts LeBroning it. He just starts making demands. Um, I don't know if you guys agree or if you think that's okay for him to do. I feel like do, he but kind of already is. I feel like he, he better, he, honestly. <laughs> I, I feel like he's got a pretty predominant role, whether he inserted himself or in the smarter move, the front office and leadership group kind of brought him in, opened the door and said, all right, we're building the team around you. What do you want? And they worked from there. Um, they're not getting what he's wanted, obviously. No, but I mean, again, we're, we're sitting here saying that they're on the cusp of something, and I think that's a result of that. I mean, not for nothing, I don't know what their current cap situation is, but I think prior to him signing that big deal, they were in a bit of a cap situation. And with, you know, the expansion draft coming up, them looking to buy out Koskinen, I think they're going to start opening up some money where they can make some moves. Um I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get closer and closer to Seattle entering the league. But I have a sneaking suspicion uh, Nugent Hopkins might be on his way out the door. I don't know. That is something I can agree on. But obviously, we will have an entire thing on that after the playoffs uh, uh, conclude. Uh, but don't worry. We got some more names to talk about here to wrap out the episode of if they stay or if they go. The next if big one is – Should they go now? Exactly. Um, the next big name is Alexander Ovechkin. Um, is he, uh, is he a UFA this year? He is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so That's Alex Ovechkin, what, what, what do you do if you're OV? Do you stay in Washington to finish out your career as a capital? Or do you go ahead and try to chase another cup as the great one? Um, I'm going to field this one to Adam first. Uh, he's another guy that has expressed interest in not leaving Washington. And I feel like, he's earned that right by leaps and bounds. And I feel like if anyone is going to take a team friendly contract to help a team rebuild itself, it's going to be Ovi, especially Mm -hmm. for the capitals. Um, So I think he sticks around what the rest of the team looks like come next season though, is a big question because, you know, you got the expansion draft coming up. Uh, Oshie has already expressed interest in not being left exposed uh, there's talks of Kuznetsov possibly being traded away. So there's a lot of rumbling coming out of Washington right now um, where there's really no telling. And I mean, if a team sneaks in and offers Ovi the world, there's a good chance he walks. But I think as a, as things stand right now, he's probably staying a capital for the rest of his career. Uh, yeah, um, I agree there. Uh, Matt, what, do, what are you thinking there? I don't think he leaves. We'll, we'll find a way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he shouldn't leave if he's planning on it. He might force other people to leave. I'm looking he at, might. He has that kind of power. <laughs> I'm looking at a uh, an Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just kind of peeking over there. Yes. Um, yes. I think – I don't know if Ovi is in the realm of being able to make demands right now um, with where he's at in his career. Uh, he could he could try. Um, I do think he stays, though, to wrap out his career as a capital because I think that's what he wants to do, uh, whether the team is successful or not. And, Adam, I agree with you. I think he is one that would take a team-friendly contract um, because he wants the Washington Capitals to be a successful franchise moving forward and not, and not him be a Bobby Bonilla situation and they're paying him forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm adding Mets fans uh, for that one. Anyways, moving forward. Damn. Uh, got <laughs> hey, got him. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, take a pitch. Take notice. <laughs> take, take notice. Take a pitch. We're doing it again. We're coming at you a second time. Uh, I'm just going to keep poking that bear until it attacks us. Something's got to happen, right? We're just going to keep poking at him. We're just going to see what happens <laughs> from that podcast. Um, however, yes, if you're a baseball fan, listen to Take a Pitch on the Southside Productions Network. Thank you. Uh, we have two more players to talk about here on the if they stay or if they go train. Uh, first up, and Matt's the one that brought this one up, is Gabriel Landishkog of the 
uh, Colorado Avalanche, who have won that first round series and are awaiting the victor of the Vegas Minnesota series to see what happens in the second round there. Uh, but he is one whose contract ends after this year. So, Matt, what are you what are you thinking if you're Gabe? Are you coming back to Colorado because you think there's a cup with this team, or have you seen enough and you're like, look, we're successful during the regular season, but seems like every time we make the playoffs, something happens and we don't get there. It's tough to tell what someone wants to do, especially as a captain, like the captain of the team. Like you assume their his agent and the team are in good communication talks with re-signing contracts. But then you bring up, uh, not to not to sting it to you, Adam, but a Joe Pavelski situation where everyone just assumed he was going to come back, and then free agent came around. And he's like, I haven't talked to their management at all. And he goes and signs with Dallas. Um, so excuse, tough- excuse me while I go cry in the corner. It's it's going to be okay, good buddy. Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be all right. <laughs> it depends. It, it, it depends on. How he plays in the playoffs and who's gonna really go after him. I think teams will go after him, but who's gonna really, really go after him? Like spend the big bucks. So, yeah. Um, and part of I didn't give is- an answer. I think he'll go, uh, even if they win the cup. I think he'll go for the money, and he just wants something, uh, another experience, you know. Yeah, I might agree with you there, Matt. Uh, there is a clause in his uh, contract with Colorado where in 2018 and 2019, he was able to submit a list of 19 teams he'd be willing to accept a trade to. I don't know if they're still going to take that into account uh, in this offseason, whether that list was solely for the 2018-2019 season. Um, however, I agree with you. I do think that he he might be out the door, and I think Jerry, it's it's going to be Jarek McKinnon's team after. God, I did it again. Jerry McKinnon. Nathan. Ah, Nathan. Nathan. I did it again. I, it's going to be Nathan McKinnon's team uh, after he leaves because I do think he's going to leave, and I think he's going to get paid paid. Now, where he ends up, I don't know because I don't know if it's going to be on a successful team because most of the successful teams, as we're seeing, are kind of in some some cap shit right now. So, And before he goes to Buffalo. Yeah, or he goes to Buffalo and has to deal with that nonsense. Goes um, to Buffalo, gets traded to Boston, wins a cup. Wins a cup. It's just, you know, the general the general line of how things work in the NHL, really. <laughs> um, we, got, we got one more guy to talk about here, uh, and that is one Dougie Hamilton, who, by the way, I have seen attached to the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, right. And everyone's attached to the Philadelphia Flyers. Calm that's down. a very that's a very good point. And calm down. That's actually Every, really, that's actually loop. a really good point. Let's, let's be fair. <laughs> Hold up. Let's be fair. Every player when they enter free agency is linked to every team in the league. I guess, no, 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 no. There's there are two specific teams in the NHL which it seems every offseason oh, yeah. is attached. Every every single player in free agency, and that's the Kings and the Flyers for whatever reason. Seems like everybody's always attached to those two teams. Um, I mean, however, they know what they want. <laughs> however, Dougie Hamilton will be a UFA after this year. Um, currently uh, with the Calgary Flames, whose season is obvious. Oh, no, he's with the Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yeah. Oh, the, the team that signed this contract was the, was the Flames. Uh, he's currently on a very good Carolina Hurricanes team. I got to be honest, guys. I personally think the Carolina signs him back. Uh, Adam, I'm going to field this to you, but that's that's where I see this going. I feel like much like Nathan McKinnon, or not Nathan McKinnon. Now I've gotten my names confused. Uh, you mean Jarek McKinnon, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Much like much like him, um, it's going to be dependent on uh, the playoffs, whether or not uh, both Landeskog and Hamilton end up re-signing. Um, I feel like Hamilton's expressed a little bit more interest and has been talked about a little bit more as far as his contract's concerned. Um I, that he wants to stay in Carolina, and I think he honestly does. I feel like that's the best fit for him. Mm-hmm. They love him there too. They love Doug. He's Hamilton. a good fit, and it's uh, you know just a testament to Boston being weird when it comes to their their players mm-hmm. um, and just trading them away. But I, in, in that same breath, I think just like a Tuka Rask, who's also a UFA, I think a lot of these contract talks are going to be tabled until the playoffs are over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that too, especially if the player is currently with a playoff team. 
Um, I think that the talks will be tabled until the end. And then we're going to get into some real nitty gritty type stuff when that comes around. Uh, the two Karras conversation, uh, we can save for that because that's going to be something he could be attached to many teams if he wants to with how he plays. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what are you, what are you thinking about Dougie Hamilton? I personally, I think he could eventually be the captain of this Carolina team. If he decides to stay, mm-hmm. uh, they love him in Carolina and he is a force on that defense. Uh, so what do you see in there, Matt? Well, as a Flyers fan, I'm hoping we get him. So I'm Same. hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Carolina loses next round. As a Flyers fan, you hope you get everybody. Let's be fair. No, no. We need them. We need them. <laughs> no, I want everybody. You may, maybe not maybe way. not everybody, but uh Dougie Listen. Hamilton, yes. <laughs> Please Listen. thank you. <laughs> put it put it if the Flyers had everybody, you wouldn't lose a cup ever. Because if you to play against you technically speaking this is true but that's in a perfect world adam okay we can't always live no, there that's not my perfect world well it's our perfect world so have fun living in it if it happens that, that, um, that's, fair. that's fair i'll go righty um, unless you guys have anything else to bring up uh i got storms and thunder rolling in over here so that that's gonna be fun for when i try to break yeah, this I down but there. do you do you want to talk about who who legit looks like a cup contender We can all all say one team, and we can all talk about why we think they're a legit contender. Let's all pick one team and discuss why we think they're legitimately going to win the Stanley Cup. I love it. Uh, However, Matt, because you brought it up, you have to go first. So that's just just (laughs) how the cookies crumble, big guy. (laughs) I'm glad you had me Uh go first. Uh Oh, boy. Uh I'm going to talk about the team that we've been sleeping on the entire year. And the Winnipeg Jets. I think the Winnipeg Jets have opened my eyes like binoculars. Let's go. (laughs) Their four lines are so strong. Their penalty killing is – it's elite. I mean, they just showed it pretty easily being able to shut down Tyler McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Their goaltender is it, and they got enough pieces on defense to – block shots as well as pushy offense and you know they're look they're as a franchise they're looking for their first cup so they're as hungry as anyone i, so that's I why, like that that's I why like that how, how surprising would it be for everyone in the league that the winnipeg jets no one expected not a lot of people expected they even come out of the north not a lot of people expect a team from the north to win a cup and it might be Winnipeg. I like that because you were you were heavy on Toronto for most of the year, and you're like, nope, I've seen it. I know what I I know what I'm looking at, and I I see Winnipeg, and I like that. I mm. like that. All right, Adam, you're up, big guy. What do you got? I'm taking, and I'm gonna get heat for it, and I don't care. I'm taking the Boston Bruins. Oh, you fuck up. I, <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. I, I disagree with what Fish was saying about their their offense looking deep. I think ever since they got Taylor Hall, that offense has been as deep as any offense can get outside of looking at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the only question mark, in my opinion, for that team is the defense. But, I mean, we saw what they could do with – Washington and honestly I think the only team that could possibly knock them out is Tampa Bay right now I don't think there's very many other teams that will be able to knock out this Boston Bruins team as it stands right now so Boston Bruins are winning the cup you heard it from the people's GM Uh, Winnipeg but here we are jeez all right I will not really put leave because really I'm put an a, asshole. Really put it. Really put a <laughs> damp- asshole. 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 Really put a damper on my evening, Adam. Why don't you? All right. I really wanted to get weird and say the wild, but I, I, I I'm not gonna get that weird. Uh, however, I am gonna get a little weird because the team we were just talking about in the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, are an incredibly exciting franchise, and could do it. I think they can take what they have with that just incredibly exciting team that they have there and they could do it. I think the Carolina hurricanes could win another cup with what they have now. And if they don't, they're close. They got something here. This is something. And I hope we get to see the storm surge with a Stanley cup in their hands. 
because that would be badass and i would love every second of that and that's who i got i like the i like the carolina hurricanes in this one all righty so that should conclude this episode of on the power play thank you everybody we are almost at 600 listens so thank you so much for that and by the way go buy the damn merch it is in our bios on twitter and instagram we will catch you guys next week for more playoff talk we probably should have the second round set by then so we'll have it talking about that probably have it started by then so we will obviously be talking about that and much more so stay tuned next week we'll catch you guys then bye take care